Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. You did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. Naomi wasn't going after anybody. She didn't go after young men. She didn't go after a husband. She didn't come to Bethlehem Judah on a husband hunt. When she got to Bethlehem Judah, what was she, com- what was she committed to do? I'm going to take care of Naomi. She was just out there working hard, gleaning, and God has brought all these things together. I can't really say that enough, that everybody here that's receiving what God has, they weren't really seeking these things initially. They were pursuing God. As Pastor Bill continues his teaching series through the book of Ruth, he'll be challenging you to be busy about the work of the Lord and not to become entangled by the affairs of this life. Ruth was working hard and kept her commitments while also sacrificially helping Naomi. When Boaz met Ruth, he knew Ruth was special and he recognized her godly character. God providentially worked on behalf of Ruth and Boaz, bringing them together even though they weren't looking for each other. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ruth chapter 3 for today's edition of Sustaining Truth. Did the women pursue the men now? Do women go after guys and say, hey, did you take me out? I want to go out. I don't recommend it. That's not exactly what's happening here. Got to give you the, the history, the background. Remember, Ruth was just out working in the field, minding her business. When Boaz noticed her, he went over to her and said, hey, would you stay in my field and glean here only? Here, I'm going to send you home with some extra stuff. Hey, when you're thirsty, you want you to drink where my people that work here drink. They'll take care of you right there. Hey, as a matter of fact, could you sit down and have a meal with me? And he's giving her food and taking her stuff. So he's reached out to her. He's made it clear to her that, hey, I, I kind of like you now. This is the thing. Boaz, we're going to find is older than her and possibly doesn't think that there is even maybe a chance. You know, she's just so young. He's an older guy. Um, so he hasn't done anything else. The this time, as we're looking at now, they've, they've had the whole barley harvest together. Um, they've had time spent together, whatever, and, and there isn't really anything that's developed. Um, it's not like they've been going on dates throughout this time. Um, I guess I should point that out. Um, dating is a, uh, it's an American, it's a, it's, if you look for dating in the Bible, I'm always laugh when I see Christian bookstores have Christian dating. I'm like, for real? Do you know that there's no Christian dating in the Bible? There's, there's no believers dating in the Bible. Um, in the Bible, it's pretty much one way. People get together to get married. Um, dating, the way we do it in American culture, is it actually is preparing people for divorce. Dating, for most of us that grew up, I grew up doing it. So most people that grew up dating, what you do is you go out with somebody. Are oh, you my girl? I'm going to do All right, we're going out. Da, 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 da. And then when you get sick of them or they get cheated on or something don't go right, you break up. And then you go get with a friend, you know, you get with somebody else and you just do it again. And most people, by the time they're at the age of marrying, have done that several times. And this is what you've created a pattern of, create a pattern of starting relationships, getting into relationships, getting the emotions in the relationships and then getting annoyed in the relationship and deciding to get out of the relationship and breaking up the relationship and starting all over. And you've actually created a pattern uh, that ends up many people follow that right onto their marriage. Marriage is a bigger deal. Now, this one, I took it a little further and we did it with a ring and we did it in front of people. And now they get on my nerves. Now I fell out of love and now I want a divorce because I like them now. And that same thing happens in, in marriage relationships. So um, funny that in these times, that was not typically the case that people would even they weren't even hanging out like that. It was 
The decision was already made many times. That's who I want to marry. That's someone I'm open to being with. And they would move in that direction. So, um, so I encourage people this. Um, I actually did a study last night at for a young adult group at uh, Golden. What's his name? What's the church? Uh, Clint. Yeah. Okay. Where's that at? Golden or Cypress? Garden Grove. Garden Grove. Yeah. Anyway, there's a young guy there, and uh, he was telling me how he had met his wife, and three days later they got engaged, and they've been you know they've been married for a little bit, however long they've been married, or whatever. And he was like, so "What do you think about that?" I said, "Hey, <laughs> I said, did you pray?" He said, yeah, I prayed. I said, and then I said, it was just fast track. I mean, he said, man, I met her and I just knew I prayed about it. I was like, I know that's her, you know? So I went ahead and said, Hey, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I mean, he, the chances of getting a no were high, but he got a yes and they're off and they're married. I said, Hey, praise the Lord. Yeah. You know, the pray, praise God. It worked out. Y'all are married. Um, you know, and I'm not, rec- I'm not saying that that's what y'all, what y'all run up and run up people in the street saying, you know, <laughs> I prayed about it. You don't want to marry me, but I am saying this. If you don't have enough of a relationship with the Lord to be able to ask God, like, God, is that, is this what you have for me? Could you clarify it in my heart? Could you give me confirmation? Um, and if God gives you confirmation, then you need to run with it from there. Um, there really isn't a whole lot of extra steps. If God says that's the one, do you need five years to get to know him? Get to know him after you get married. You know, be a whole lot less sin happening that way. You know, so but anyway, so back to this story here. They They've had this barley season. I don't know how much interaction there been. We've only been shared the one sit down dinner. But at this time, you know, as Ruth is there and she says, hey, take your maidservant under your wing for you are close relative. Um, you are uh, a goel. You are in that position in our family where you could marry me. You could redeem. Um, you could redeem a family situation and you could marry me. We could be married. And she's asking. She's making herself known. Um, most believe that the reason she makes this known to him that hey, I want to come under you. I, I would like to, I'd like for you to fulfill this role because Boaz maybe didn't, didn't see that this was a possibility. And so I guess I should speak about this here because Boaz is quite a bit older than, uh, Ruth. She's young. He's an older guy. I don't have an exact number on age, but later on, he's going to celebrate the fact that she didn't go after the younger men, her age, but that she was open to him. He's going to say, man, your kindness to me, this is even greater than what you did in taking care of Naomi, that you didn't go after one of the younger guys, but that you, you've been open to to have this relationship with me. So biblically, is it all right for an older guy to pursue a younger girl for a older girl or woman to pursue a younger man? Um, I, there really isn't anything in scripture that would say it was wrong as long as everybody's legal. So now if you if you're looking at 15 year olds. We will smack you and beat you up in here. You know, you, you might not make it back home, you know, but if we're adults, you know, they're adults and, and there's interest and, and there really isn't anything in the Bible that I could say it's wrong. So I really can't feel any kind of way about that. I can't feel like it's wrong or I don't agree or whatever. It's irrelevant. Um, it's not, you know, there are things you want to factor in. You know, if you're 20 with somebody 50, like by the time you're 40, <laughs> You're going to be strolling them around. I mean, I, I mean, you just you consider the length of time like, you know, there are things that you have to look into. But if if both people are walking in saying, I, I, I love her, or I love him and I want to marry them. And I'm praise the Lord. There, there really isn't anything um, to be said about that. So I try to be careful. You know, sometimes I hear people look at things like that and they have an opinion. I try to be careful not to have an opinion that I can't based in scripture. I shouldn't have a negative opinion about something God haven't said he have a problem with. So, 
If there's a young guy and he likes older women and he finds the older women that likes the younger men, praise the Lord. Have a good time. You know, y'all praise. You know, it's, it's OK. So Boaz is older. Ruth is younger. Nothing wrong here. Uh, verse uh, 10. Then he said, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning and that you did not go after young men, rather poor or rich. And so, again, he says, I should point this out. He said, you show more kindness now, even than when you came to take care of Naomi in this, that you did not go after young men, rather poor or rich. Naomi wasn't going after anybody. She didn't go after young men. She didn't go after a husband. She didn't come to Bethlehem Judah on a husband hunt. When she got to Bethlehem Judah, what was she com- what was she committed to do? Let me take care of Naomi. She was just out there working hard, gleaning, and God has brought all these things together. I can't really say that enough that. Everybody here that's receiving what God has, they weren't really seeking these things initially. They were pursuing God. They were pursuing uh, what they were supposed to be doing at that time in their life. So Boaz was doing what he was supposed to be doing. Ruth was doing what she was supposed to be doing. And Naomi was doing what she was supposed to be doing, you know, take, looking after this young lady. And everybody is getting ready to be blessed as a result. And I may that be an encouragement to us that sometimes we can be so fixated on what we want that we begin to pursue it. Instead of pursuing God and God says in Psalms 37, four, that if you delight yourself in the Lord, he gives you the desires of your heart that we would always make him our greatest delight. Looking to him, look at now verse 11. And now my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request for all the people of my town. Know that you are a virtuous woman. This is so good. He says, look, what you're asking me to do, he says, you don't worry about nothing. I will do everything you ask me to do. And this is what he says. Again, he's not commented on her pretty dress. He's not commented on her ointment. He's not commented on any of that. He said, you know what? I'll do all that you say. Why? Because everybody here knows that you are a virtuous woman. Everybody in our town knows. She's only been there a short time, but she has a reputation of being a virtuous woman. I can't say this enough to my single friends, but you want to make sure that you have a reputation that honors the Lord. Um, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be harsh or crass with you guys, but I will just say this. There are men and women that have just developed a reputation of being, you know, being there are women that have a reputation of being cheap, of just being all around. There are guys that have a reputation of being a dog and just doing everything with everybody whenever. And um, that's a bad reputation for someone that's now saying, I want to, I want to get serious. That's your reputation. It follows you. You've created it. You create your reputation. You, you create the way that the people view you. Unless, it's, unless you've been lied on, um, you create that. People watch how you live over a course of time, and now that's your reputation. She's like that. He's like this. So Boaz has a reputation. It's good because he's been living in front of people for a while, and they're able to say, man, this, is, this guy is like this. Ruth, in her time there, has developed a reputation, and he says, everybody in my town knows that you are a virtuous woman. What a, I mean, I think that's paying her just a, such a high compliment. And that's what's interesting him. That's what's important. That's what's setting her apart. She's a virtuous woman. Everybody's familiar with the Proverbs 31 uh, verses 10 to 31. Um, you know, just a real, you know, hefty description of this, this, uh, you know, who can find a virtuous wife. It begins and it goes on to list all these characteristics of this virtuous woman. But he says, man, everybody here knows that's the kind of person you are. And so 
I just think it's a, it's a great compliment to her of the kind of woman she was, the character that she had, um, and what other people saw in her. And he said, not just me, everybody. And I mentioned this last week, but I, I'll say it again. I believe that one of the weaknesses in dating long distance or, you know, getting with people over the internet and all those sorts of things is how do you find out what their reputation is among people that really know them? You know, you don't really get that. You know, if somebody is living in, you know, some other place in the world and you guys are chatting online and they might, everybody that know them might be like, oh, you should have asked me. I would have told you, you know, but all you know is what they're clicking on the internet telling you. So uh, there's a real weakness in that. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't want to demonize it altogether, but I don't recommend it. Um, if you're going to really consider being with somebody, you ought to be able to interact where, wherever they're planted at and see what kind of reputation they have where they are. And so he said, everybody in my town knows this woman is a virtuous woman. Verse 12. Now, now it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I stay this night. And in the morning, it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives. Lie down until the morning. And so he says, hey, I am a close relative. I can, I can be a kinsman redeemer, but there's actually one person that's closer than me. And this is a little bit more about Boaz's character. Um, Boaz is interested in Ruth. Boaz liked Ruth. Boaz would like to marry Ruth. But he says, I want to do things right. There's somebody else in front of me. And so we have to give them the opportunity first. We won't really get to it this week, but next week uh, we'll see that Boaz is very wise in how he presents it to this other guy. Um, I believe that he presents it in a way that would make it a little unattractive for that guy to do it. But he still does the right thing, you know, so uh, I don't want to spoil next week. But that's um, he I just want to say this. He's doing things the right way. He's saying, you know, he's trusting God. God, if if this is what God has for me, then I'm going to be upright. I'm going to do things right and I'm going to get what God has for me. Uh, I pray that'd be a lesson for all of us that you never have to sin against God to get what God has for you. You don't have to be sneaky and deceptive in order to get what God has. So you can walk upright and do the thing, do things the way God would have you to do them. So um, he says, if he'll do it, then great. But if not, as the Lord lives, he promises that he will. Verse 14. So she lay at his feet until morning and she rose before one cloud. I'm sorry. She rose before one could recognize another. So it was dark. And then he said, do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Now, again, this sounds like some sneaky stuff. Don't tell nobody she was here. A um, couple things here. It's believed that he doesn't want that to be known because he wants to be the first one to speak to this other near relative and let them know what's going on. Um, also, uh, it could be for, you know, her reputation's sake that he's saying, look, you know, uh, until, until we get this other thing worked out, you know, I want to keep this, I want this concealed or whatever. We don't really know, but he says, don't, don't tell anybody that she was here. Um, don't tell anyone, don't tell, don't let, don't let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Verse 15. Also, he said, bring the shawl that is on, that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephahs of barley and she, he laid it on her. And then she went into the city. So he doesn't send her home empty handed. Um, as she came and they spent that time and they spoke and they made the arrangements and agreements they made. She's getting ready to go home. He makes her and send her, sends her home uh, with something to eat for her and Naomi. And again, I just at every point I look at this man and I just think, wow, he's a provider. 
He's just looking out for her. He said, she's getting ready to go. He said, wait, wait, come here, come here. And he fills her, her shawl up with some food to take home that their needs would be met. Now it says in verse um, 16, it says, when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, is that you, my daughter? And then she told her all that the men had done for her. And she said, these six ephahs of barley he gave me, for he said to me, do not go empty handed to your mother-in-law. And um, so I just point this out as uh, Boaz is ministering to Ruth. You know, his thoughts are also with Naomi. He says, hey, don't don't go home to her empty handed. You know, take this home to your mother-in-law. You know, he, he's 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 almost making sure that if they are getting married, that that mother-in-law relationship is going to be cool. I've been looking out for her, too. And I'll come back to that in just a minute. Verse 18. Then she said, sit still, my daughter. Will you not know the matter? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. A real good bit of counsel, sit still. Now you've done what you needed to do. You let him know that you were interested. You, you've uncovered his feet. Let him know that you're willing to come under submission to him. Now you have to wait on him to do the part that he has to do. She says, sit still. Now don't do anything else. You sit still until uh, he comes back to you with this information. And I think that phrase right there is what a lot of people have a hard time with. Just sit still. Nobody likes to sit still. Nobody likes to wait on the Lord. There'll there be things that um, God may be saying. God may have that. That may be God's counsel instruction. You just wait, sit still. But you can't, you know. And anybody got little kids? You tell a group of little kids to sit still and and just and just just wait. You know, just tell them sit still and you watch. And they just this is they just won't sit still. You know, sit your butt right there. They put their butt there and move their legs. You know, they just they won't sit still. She says, here, you know what? Sit still. We're grown and we're adults, but God could be speaking that to us in different areas. Sit still. You've done what you need to do. Now wait. Just be patient. Wait. It's a hard thing to do. Something in our flesh says, there's something more I can do. There's something I could do to move it along faster. And God is saying, no, 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 no. Just, just sit still. Just wait. Let, now it's, it's on me from here. You've done what you need to do. Now, now it's on me. Um, so again, what has she done? She's followed her mother-in-law's counsel. She's let it be known to Boaz. I'm interested too. Um, you're a kinsman, you're near of kin. Uh, I'm willing to marry you. If you're willing to marry me, she's let all that be known. And now Naomi says, now I don't do anything else. She says, you sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. Now, Naomi feels strongly that she's a root. Boaz is not going to rest until he concludes this. He's going to figure out what he needs to do about this situation. And again, we'll come into that next week. But I want to point out a few different areas where I see redemption in this chapter. And then we're going to move into our time of communion. Um, redemption is a it's it's a powerful thing, something that every believer we've been redeemed. We've been purchased by Christ. We've been bought back. We've been bought out of the, the grips of the enemy and we belong to the Lord. We've been redeemed. Some of us have been redeemed out of situations. We've been redeemed out of. Uh, out of out of not being saved out of being outside of relationship with the Lord. And as I look at this story here, there's many different areas of redemption. I look at first um, Naomi. Um, Naomi had a rough time. She lost a husband. She lost the sons. Um, she had no kids. She had nothing left. Just these daughters in law. And as she comes back empty, um, there's slowly God's redeeming things in her life. Um, if this marriage happens and he's going to, you know, he'll fulfill the role in raising up, uh, raising up the keeping the name of her husband, Elimelech, alive through through this through this marriage. And there's redemption that's on the way in their situation. Naomi um, Young. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was Naomi. Ruth. 
um, young husband that died. And, you know, now she's in a, a land that's foreign to her and God's redeeming everything for her. Um, God brought her into this land. God's blessed her in this land. God's given her favor among the people. Her reputation is great. She got a relationship with the Lord now. And now God has brought her um, someone to take care of her and a husband, a, a potential husband. You know, it hasn't happened yet. It will happen, though. And God's redeeming all these things that were that were broken and that were not there. Elimelech's not even alive. And there's redemption happening for him. Um, he died in Moab. That was it for God as king. But if this marriage happens, even his legacy is going to be carried on through this relationship. There's even redemption for him. and He's not even here uh, to see it or to recognize it. Um, and then uh, I look at Boaz and it doesn't look like Boaz had lacked anything. There didn't like there was anything missing. Boaz is wealthy. He's a great standing in the community. Um, he's he's it looks like everything is going great for him, but he is a single guy. And God is bringing something into his life. And I just want to point this out. That those who are benefiting in a redemptive way, I just want to point out that it began with somebody turning to the Lord. Um, the redemption began for Naomi when she said, you know what, I'm going to go back home to Bethlehem, Judah. That set everything in motion. Redemption began for Ruth when Ruth said, you know what, your God's going to be my God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to worship the God of Israel. And she turned her heart towards the Lord. Where does redemption begin for you and I? Because it's available for everybody. And I believe that just like these here, um, when does God take all the junk, all the all the all the junk of our past, all the difficult circumstances? How, how does that stuff get redeemed and turned upward? It's when we turn to the Lord. So it's potentially it's possible that there are people sitting with things and because they haven't yet turned to the Lord with their whole heart. They're, they're not experiencing redemption. It's just they're just living in whatever they have already. Um, it begins when we turn things back over to him. We turn our hearts over to the Lord. We come to him and surrender and submit ourselves to him. And so I would challenge and encourage any of us that are here sitting here and saying, you know what? I've, I've not submitted my heart completely to the Lord. Um, I'm encouraging you that you would turn your heart over to the Lord, um, that, that you would give all of you to him. Um, that God is able to redeem. God's able to take from the worst of a past. God can take it and turn it upward for those that are looking to him. Um, and we all know the verse uh, which is Romans 8, 28. What God says there, all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. God, says, I can redeem anything. I can take every situation. I can take every background. I can take every I can turn everything around to glorify me for those that love me and are called according to my purpose. And so that would be the question more so. Do I love God? And am I walking in his purposes? Because if so, God says, I'll, I'll take everything and I'll turn it around. I'll take negative things from your past. I'll take weaknesses that you've had. I'll take scenarios that have happened to you guys. I, I can redeem it all. I can make good out of everything. I can make beauty out of the ashes. But you got to bring it to me. And so maybe you're here and you need to come to God. Um, then I'm inviting you that you would do that today. Uh, maybe you're here and you got circumstances and things that you say, I need to give that to God. I, I need God's, I need his touch on that. My, I, I can't handle, I need to bring those things to him. Again, as I look at this story, it was a really ugly story in chapter one. At chapter one, this was not fun. It was not a blessing. There was death. There was, you know, you know, there was a walking away from the, from the place where God had people. Um, there was death. There was loss of husband, loss of sons, loss of husbands. Um, there is all this loss and devastation in chapter one. But as we continue the story, there's redemption beginning to happen as people are turning to him. 
And so my prayer for you guys is that you look at your life, look at your story. Some of us are already in the redemptive part. We've already made that turn and we see what God's already doing and we're enjoying the fruits of God's redeeming work in our life and we're blessed by it. Praise the Lord. Give him glory for what he's doing in your life. But you might still be on the front end of that where it haven't turned over yet. It all begins when we turn ourselves over to him. We all know the story of Ruth. She and Orpah were daughters-in-law of Naomi. When all three of their husbands died, the grief-stricken Naomi decides to return to her homeland of Israel, and her daughters-in-law were set to go with her. When she told them to stay, Orpah did. But Ruth refused, faithfully following her mother-in-law to a new land. Each woman made their choice, but one choice led to obscurity, and the other to honor and a place in the genealogy of the king. But the thing is, no one would have blamed Orpah for remaining in her homeland. She was a young woman who had recently been widowed, and to go with Naomi would mean giving up her culture and her home, a move that would have added immense stress and strain to her grief. Take a look at your life. You might be struggling with grief yourself right now. No one will blame you for taking all the time you need. But is there an opportunity in front of you to say yes? Is there an opportunity to be faithful to someone or something outside yourself? You can hold back and play it safe, or you could reach for something greater. We love going through the book of Ruth with you here on A Transforming Word. Join us in person at 9 or 11 every Sunday at Calvary Chapel Inglewood, or online on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook Live. Head over to our website at calvaryinglewood.org for more messages, information on how to support this ministry, or to join our daily Bible reading plan. We're out of time for today, but be sure to join us again next time for another Transforming Word.